0: This week on The Clubhouse, Anthony and I are joined by film and television actor Mackenzie Aston. We had so much fun chatting with him that we decided to make this a two-parter. In part one, Mackenzie regales us with stories of Vin Scully, the 81 Dodgers, and growing up in Hollywood royalty. You can follow Mac on Twitter, at Mackenzie Aston. This episode was recorded at the home of my good buddy, Zach Frankel, in Hollywood, California. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is a wonderful day for baseball. I am Anish Jain, and sitting next to me, as always, is Mr. Anthony Rapp. Hi. Our guest today is a man (laughs) you will most certainly recognize from his role as Andy Moffat on The Facts of Life. Yeah, you gotta have a good memory for that. As well as numerous episodes. And be of a certain age, I suppose, right? Sure. But as well as numerous episodes on television and film, we were discussing his role uh, on Psych earlier today, his wonderful role on Psych. But as always, doesn't matter. Cause on our show, his only credit that matters is that he is a Dodgers fan. So joining us in the Clubhouse today, Mackenzie Aston. Exactly. Yeah. We actually put that Crowds, in a post. Crowd sounds. <laughs> <times. Crowd laughs> Joyful. Oh, crowd sounds. Welcome to the show, ah, Mackenzie. Konnichiwa.
1: Aloha. Welcome we uh, are, to you. Or, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: We are currently on the West Coast, away from our home, away from home, our our, our home ballpark, as it were, uh, the Bergino Baseball Clubhouse in New York City, which is where we normally record these podcasts. But we are out in Los Angeles, yes, where we actually just caught a uh los angeles angels of anaheim that's a mouthful yeah the la angels of anaheim uh, baseball game at angel stadium of anaheim (laughs) so we we, we spent several hours here together but now it's it's a a late night podcast late night recording and we're going to get into Mackenzie's love of the los angeles dodgers
1: it is a love it is a love affair it is an affair it's an affair of love uh and uh well, how did it start? I mean, where... where uh, I, I, was, I was born a, uh, a poor uh, black child. <laughs> you uh, jerk. I'm from Los Angeles, so I had the good fortune to grow up uh, within earshot of one Vincent uh, Edward Scully. Uh,
2: we've, we've We've evoked his name with adulations and love. Everywhere, M- more yeah. than once on this podcast. Yeah,
1: my, my dad was a, a baseball fan from his youth, uh, first uh, for the uh, Washington Senators uh, way back when. Then he was a bit of a Yankee fan for a stretch. Oh, oh, excuse that, me,
2: hard to believe, hard
1: to believe. He lived that's in New unfortunate. York for a little bit. It happens. I'm it really happens. sorry about Mickey that. Mickey Mantle's a good ball player He really was. This is, you know, you can't avoid that. Uh, and uh,
0: Joe D. Actually, he liked Joe D. Quite a bit too. Wow, that's uh, an interesting combination because Joey D. And um, the Mick did not get along very well.
1: Right, not so well at all. But uh, I think I think the old man was. A fan of baseball and appreciated both. We want their, to tell the, the folks who
0: your your uh your your family is for those who may not quite know your your Hollywood royalty lineage. Sure, I I, I consider
1: myself a relative celebrity in that most of my celebrities uh most <laughs> are, of my relatives are, are celebrities. celebrities. <laughs> Why, if you're gonna make the joke, you yes. going to make it right. Let's take that again. Sure, I consider myself a relative celebrity. <laughs> In that most of my relatives Print. are celebrities. Print. Print. Well, my dad's an actor named John Astin, uh, who's uh, famous for playing uh, Gomez Adams on the Adams Family, the original television show. My mom is an actress named Patty Duke, who's been around for a number of years. Uh, a lot of people remember her from The Patty Duke Show, where she played Identical Cousins, which happens all the time in nature. And also. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Her uh, incredible portrayal of the uh, (laughs) blind, deaf, and dumb uh, Helen Keller in the uh, incredible picture, The Miracle Worker. Absolutely. uh, And she won... An Academy, Academy Award. Award, yeah, 1962, yeah. Best Supporting yeah. Actress, yeah. Uh, which was a uh, pretty good. She had the good fortune to rehearse that part for about two years on Broadway. Yeah. she did the. Did the, she win a Tony state, for that? Too? Uh, she did not.
2: No, uh, which is interesting. Did uh, the did the, aunt, did Tony, the woman did the woman who played um, Anne Bancroft? Uh, I. When did the Tonys start? They've been a long time. For back. a
1: long time, so I, I imagine Anne Bancroft probably did. Yeah. Uh, Wait, but, so how
0: close is she to the EGOT How where is she with that she's
1: got an Emmy she's got okay. three Emmys Uh she's got a Golden Globe uh, she's got another. An no, Oscar that's
0: not a G that's a Grammy. Grammy is yeah I know <laughs> that'd be the E-G-G-GOT
1: uh-huh. yeah <laughs> so she's got two of the four yeah. okay alright that's, that's exactly way, I, more than most people that's, she's got to so write she's got to write fun.
0: a memoir and do the audiobook version of it that's how she gets to Grammy holy
1: you seriously? I, I, she's, I she's
0: got a memoir. She could just read it. Yes, audiobook yeah. that and get a Grammy. It, what, I I believe Al Gore got a Grammy for doing that for for uh, the uh, the Truth in, movie yeah, he did, Inconvenient in Truth. In
1: Manish, what are you doing next week?
0: <laughs> <laughs> what, we'll, we'll take the whole rig up to Idaho and yeah. she'll just read
1: the book out loud, and then we'll we'll get her a Grammy. will do. Idaho's
0: yeah. got some minor league ballparks. So I'll, I'll sneak some of those in, <laughs> and we'll do it. It's not a bad idea. <laughs> we'll talk about this off so, the air. So, and my brother's an actor named Sean Astin, who you
1: know from Rudy, Lord of the Rings, uh, The
2: Goonies. No, was it a whole baseball?
1: household yeah dad was a big fan so it was on in the room uh i don't know how much of a fan my mom was but she didn't mind it so much uh and again vincent uh vin scully vincent edward scully uh, has an effect on people the sound of his voice makes people feel something sometimes it's uh asleep a lot of people fall asleep listening to vin which is fine perfectly normal yeah Uh, but he in my opinion is a poet and uh i consider myself very fortunate to have grown
2: up listening to him and did you Uh, ever meet him no, no, I understand. I, no, I
1: not did you. There's still time. Yeah, He's still still around. Like a, still
2: I mean, before now, is No, right.
1: surprisingly. I guess
2: I should said, have you ever met him? No. Thank you. I haven't ever, <laughs> didn't meet him. Um. <laughs>
1: I know he has a granddaughter named Mackenzie, so uh, hey. at least there's something to break the ice there. Yeah. And we do, we both uh, have red hair or reddish. I think his hair is uh, more uh, silver
0: now than red, sure. but still red. So we got a couple redheads so on the that, podcast yeah. today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're redheaded, dominated podcast today. I'm the
2: lone... Uh,
0: uh, auburn-haired
2: so if I may uh, <laughs> Mac and I just work we met each other because we worked on this little movie that I've been shooting out here in Los Angeles and uh, I was trying to remember what the actual moment was that we realized that we had such an, an intense shared love of baseball because if i don't know if you remember i had
1: i had a bit of a heads up i mean i did oh, you, i did some due uh,
2: diligence you did uh, once i got the part
1: and uh and and saw I, I was thrilled to find that you had been traipsing about this great country of ours enjoying baseball in uh, many different stadiums and so i knew going in uh that we were gonna oh, you creeping out on him and doing a little googling google research of course i don't want i don't want to walk in the room and say the wrong thing yeah um <laughs> Although I I did do that probably (laughs) more than once. Uh, But I was uh, tickled to see also that you were a Cubs fan uh, because my uh, sister-in-law, my brother's uh, wife, uh, is a huge uh, Cubs fan and has been for some time. Uh, I'd say huge Cubs fan. She doesn't really follow so she's that she, she she, she, the, she has the rooting, affection she has they're, the affection The right. rooting for the cubs is in her family yeah. she's from yeah. uh, rolling prairie indiana and that's near enough uh, to chicago in order to uh to, to I make that like there's a
0: lot of cubs fans anthony is is a wonderful wonderful cubs fan and there are a lot of great cubs fans that are exactly like anthony but then there are the cubs fans that are kind of cubs fans in name only mm-hmm. in the you know it's it's the it's the chic thing to be it's the lovable losers thing to be It's the... What is it?
2: It's... (laughs) Cofino? It is amazing how much I still get, like like this is art the cubs are really on the rise like oh, this, they're in great oh, so, so people who really know baseball are aware of this of course but casual people when i they find yeah. out I'm a cubs they still there's still like so much oh i'm so sorry yeah. oh, it's so because that, that, because
0: right. i'm telling you it's it's what i'd say is if you're not a baseball fan you're a cubs fan and i don't mean that derisively i mean that if you know nothing about baseball but at your office you need to be you know people like baseball you tend to attach yourself to the cubs because of the just, they are a tourist attraction because of the back of the picture. Sure. Because in all the movies, the lovable loser's identity is so ingrained. I mean, it was like that for the Red Sox for a while. Before they won, you'd meet a lot of people who weren't necessarily. Wait a minute, the Red Sox won the World Series? A couple times, actually. Double, really? Yeah, a couple Double. times. I you would never know it I by haven't their. I've never heard that from their,
1: any Red Sox. They're
0: lovely, so, so subdued and so quiet That's and amazing. so unassuming and polite. So they've won the World Series? I think so. Maybe once or twice. I think something like that. It's weird. Yeah, I know. A couple times is weird. God, is it three times now? It is three times. They did. They won the 47th. and 13 is the worst one because that was when I was doing my tour and I was supposed to end my baseball tour. My, I, I drove uh, 17,000 miles in 95 days to see a baseball game at all 30 stadiums in 2013. And I was supposed to see my beloved Detroit Tigers win the World Series. And David Ortiz came up to bat after the Tigers had no hit the Red Sox in oh. five innings in the first three games of that series. And Joaquin Benoit. I'm sitting in an apartment, my friend's apartment in Harlem. I turn to my friend next to me, and I tell her, watch what's about to happen. And David Ortiz promptly deposited a ball Mm. into the bullpen. It was
1: prompt as well. Yes, Torrey
0: Hunter flipped over unnecessarily. The security guard. The security guard throws his arms up, and the Red Sox win. The ALCS, but really the World Series in that moment.
1: Manish, that feeling you have right now, thinking about that, recalling that feeling, that sort of uh, incredible despair, deep down, hollow, empty sort of thing. Has been what being a Cubs fan is like <laughs> <laughs> since 19... Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Yeah. So... <laughs> haven't been true. to the
2: World Series since
0: 45.
1: Since, since, 45. Against? since 45. Again? So I haven't been to. Know this. Right. Didn't win 45. since... since know who they,
0: do you know who they lost to in
1: 1945? Stand by. The Detroit Tigers?
2: Yes, right. sir! <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, is that Al Kaline? Uh, no, no Kaline was
1: uh, that, 68. Uh, 68. So is that uh, Norm... Yeah. Uh, why can't I think of his last name? No, Hank Greenberg. Hank Greenberg was also. Was, <laughs> was gonna, was, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was Hank, yeah. That yeah. was Hank Greenberg. I was going to say Norman Greenbaum, which is so far <laughs> it's from baseball. Sure. <laughs> it's
0: but unbelievable. Enough about the, the Tigers and the Cubs. We're yeah, here to sorry. talk about the Los Angeles Doyers. Oh, I see. So they. So you so baseball was around the house. Now, you talk about Vin. Now, this is something Anthony actually were were when we were on the road, we were noticing that we were listening to the Dodgers game and they would simulcast Vin on the radio for the first 3 innings, but then the your normal radio guys would take over for the rest. So when you were a kid, did you see Vin on TV or the radio or what was your context to seeing vin
1: when i was a smaller child vin would do uh the first three and the last three on tv the middle three he would be on the radio so really? only was, uh, like only or yeah. was So would you radio? have to no. like switch off uh if you wanted to stay with vin the whole time you would turn the volume down on your television turn it up on the radio uh, and because, uh, <clears throat> you know, back then there was, uh, the delay was not as pronounced as it is now because yeah. of the satellites and whatnot, uh, you could do it. You know, it might be uh, a hair or two off, but you'd still get Vin at, around the right time. Wild. So, yeah, first three were Vin on TV, uh, middle three were Vin on the radio, and the last three were Vin back on TV. And then it was uh, Jerry Doggett, I think, was the guy that was on the radio to begin with uh, for the first three innings. And then he would, uh, you know, it would, uh, it, would, it, would, it would swap like that. Uh, So if you were really into Vin, uh, you could get him the whole game. But for the folks on uh, just, you know, without access to radio, they'd get him for six innings. And the folks on the radio would just get him for three.
2: Now, do you have a recollection of what it was about baseball that captivated you at that age? Like, was it, you know what I mean? I I mean, that's a huge question. uh, There
1: was the good fortune that the Dodgers were uh, a pretty decent team as I was growing up. Uh, I think because I just had an affinity for baseball, I don't really know why. Perhaps I liked the uniforms. Maybe I liked the running around, catching things and diving into stuff. (laughs) Like, I remember playing games inside the house with my big brother where we would... uh, Uh, we would make, like, tag plays. We'd run down the hallway, slide, and whoever was doing the sliding had to toss a balled-up sock to the guy who was uh, ostensibly the fielder, and he would try to catch it and make the tag. Like, this was a a thing we did as real small uh, kids. Like, making that tag play was the big thing. There was a heck of a lot of, uh, not necessarily wiffle ball, but baseball played in the yard uh, or in front of the house. We would take, uh, gosh, what was it? Uh, Something that was, I think it was a, a deflated tennis ball that had tape around the outside to, uh, so it wouldn't go as far and pitch and play with that or wiffle balls uh that's amazing or god I, th- I feel like we would even take like crumpled up pieces of paper and tape around that so that it had a pretty good uh exo skeleton and pitch with those things just the two of you or with friends oh uh, with friends with yeah. uh, johnny o'keefe down the street uh and uh, with sean uh, but really johnny and i uh, played the most of baseball sean you know he started the show business career so he, had, uh, yeah, that. he was gone
2: and were you were you like <laughs> little league right away yeah, yeah. Well,
1: uh, there are uh, the little league was divided into a number of uh, divisions for the very small ones. It was called the minor leagues. Then you went to the major leagues, then the senior league, or what they now call pony leagues. So yeah. uh, I played minors, majors, then uh, then pony.
2: And were you always an infielder, or you played all over the field?
1: Uh, mostly infield. I, I'm uh, not a very uh, big guy, uh, and was a smaller smaller child. So uh, the infield was a good spot for me to be because uh, I didn't have a great arm. But I could track the ball uh, yeah. pretty well, so I was I was good at getting the balls that uh, you didn't think I was going to get to, and whether that whether that's true or not uh, is yet to be determined.
0: Mackenzie and I, on on our drive to uh, uh, Angel Stadium, we were discussing how he and I shared a. a Pensions for the for the the flair for the dramatic, sure. Uh, you know, and where we would make some of the more routine plays look a lot more difficult than they were for the adulation of the crowd. And I know I was yelled at by so I when I was a kid I was actually a gymnast as well, and I will never forget this day. I, I fully full disclosure I know I was an idiot to do this, but <laughs> there was a pop fly, a high pop fly, and I literally did do a backflip and then catch it. Wow! And my dad. <laughs> Came and yanked. I mean, the car ride home was trouble. Wow! Did he scream at me? You will never play this game again if you. I mean, it was just you do not. Yeah. do it. And he's right. Obviously, I was a kid. I was like, you know, eight, nine, ten years old. I was, you know, I was in it for the for the cheers. Sure. I mean, and I would imagine that drew a pretty. Oh yeah, you know, strong Believe reaction the little The girls crowd, are in yeah. there. You know, hey, you're yeah. trying to impress some folk here. Yeah. Sounds like he flipped too. <laughs>
1: Boo. Stupid. On, was right there.
0: You know, the word play between you two today has been just <laughs> No, no, no that, no, that one was all my own. It was, <laughs> it was,
1: uh, it was a minor league play. <laughs> uh, so, but, yeah, I, 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 mostly in the infield uh, when I was uh, smaller. A little bit of uh, the outfield, uh, like on the all-star team, the other infielders were – I made you know, a couple all-star teams, but the other infielders were better, had stronger arms, so I got uh, stuck in the outfield uh, in those games. But I, I played all over. I caught a bunch. I pitched a little uh, – so, yeah, I was sort of the utility guy.
2: And was there, was there like, a player or players that you tried to emulate? Or totally, Davey to? Lopes. Yeah,
1: yeah. so the, the Dodger infield in the 70s and 80s uh, is that famous uh, long-standing core of uh, Ron Say at third, Bill Russell at short, Davey Lopes at second, and Steve Garvey at first. And uh, of the kids in the neighborhood, I was the Davey Lopes guy. Uh, my brother was, uh, I think he was the Ron Say guy, and Johnny O'Keefe was the Steve Garvey guy. I think i've got that
0: right steve garvey doesn't get enough respect into it. people do not he's talk he's in the hall isn't he uh wow. no, no he's not in the hall one? and no. he does not get nearly enough remember he kind of you know he became kind of a radio guy i think and he started doing he became he's very funny like i think in the 80s or 90s he had some like steve garvey fishing shows and celebrity this right. that and the other thing and i think it kind of you know it, it Not tarnished, but it kind of changed his image. He's kind of a wacky guy. There
1: was some other stuff that changed his image. uh, I know. I'm trying a little bit. You know, not for the better. It's just, you know, I think as a professional ball player who's successful and good looking, it avails. You are you have you have opportunities to behave in manners that are not necessarily great for uh, your marriage. Yeah, Uh, he did so, and uh, and that all came out uh, in the press. And unfortunately, uh, not in the wash. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's all supposed to come out in the wash. Yeah. Uh, but that didn't. No, it's it sort of...
0: But, but, but my point is, though, that when I talk to, to young kids now, I feel like Garvey's not a name that is on the tip of their tongue. That Garvey's a name that they need to think back to.
1: To get. Yeah. He has an, an interesting... I think he's is, I think he's still the National League record holder for consecutive games played. It uh, was something around 16 or 1900. Wow. No, 16, 1600 might be less than that. Wow. But uh, he had, you know, he played, I think, it was five or six seasons straight without missing a game. And then uh, maybe more than that, maybe eight seasons straight without missing a game. I'll look
0: that up. I'll put that in the show notes. So go to clubhousepodcast.com. And they'll be in the show notes of this episode. We'll at the exact number there.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, which is a, a pretty outstanding record, uh, you know, to play consistently for that that long.
0: Actually, you know what? I'm a multitasker. Do it. One thousand two hundred and seven. It's a na- he, uh, he holds the National League record for right. consecutive games played at one thousand two hundred and seven. So it's a lot.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of games. A lot of games, especially for you know a position where there's the potential of, you know a lot of collisions there. You yeah. can get you know, and uh, he was the MVP a couple years uh, during that stretch as well. So I had the good fortune to grow up with a uh, a Dodger team that was successful uh, and uh, with a terrific. Um, and when was their last World Series victory? That would be
2: October of 1988. Yeah, so you were very much oh, aware yeah. of all. That was, you were that all was in an that. incredible year. Did yeah, you get was... a
0: chance to, to go to any of those games? I'm sorry, uh, did I bring up a sore subject here?
1: Well, it's okay. I mean, if my stepfather listens to this podcast, he'll be thrilled to hear that I have to tell the story <laughs> of how I opted not to go to game one of the 1988 World Series. Unfortunately for um, <clears throat> me, and very fortunately for the neighbor across the street, Chris Bydell, uh I chose to go to a celebrity basketball game in Boise, Idaho. Uh, I don't really play basketball. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they were, there, was a, there was a celebrity basketball game that I had consigned myself to do earlier in the summer. Uh, not expecting the Dodgers to make the World Series and uh, they made the World Series and then I had to decide because my mom got tickets at the last second. Do you oh. want to not go to the basketball, yeah. <laughs> the celebrity basketball game in Boise and come to the game one of the World Series? And I said, ah. Uh. And I, you know, I made a decision that, uh, well, my stepfather likes to remind me that I regret. Uh, <clears throat> they were at the game. I was not. My stepfather, my mother, my grandmother, and the neighbor across the street. Wow. Yeah. And they stayed. They were there. They were sitting in the front row. Was that of a load. game that
2: the daughters won? Or?
1: And look who's coming up. In a year that has been so improbable. That's the Gibson home run game. Oh, it is the uh, no game impossible. one. Yes. that was the
0: game one. Game he, one. The, the one that he clinched was with the, with Detroit. He had uh, a clinch with Detroit with that they don't want to walk you. Which have you ever seen that they don't oh, want uh, to like, walk, walk you? Incredible. Sparky just giggling. They don't want to walk you. They don't want to walk you. And that guy. Just, gibby is there's you know, some
1: intense going on there's some big time you know what's beautiful is in some of the interviews after that game he talks about visualizing he talks about mentally taking himself through the at-bat and seeing a positive outcome that was my first exposure to the idea of visualization where yeah. you can yeah you can see something good happen in your life and help it manifest and golly did he manifest a
0: and you know what so i big um home run i i met a the the uh I won't say which specific team, but it was a team psychologist, Mm -hmm. an MLB uh, psychologist, and we were chatting a little bit about just what his role is as a team psychologist. And visualization is one that he brought up immediately. He says it's the first thing that I do in any team that I work with is teach these guys about visualization and about being able to visualize themselves doing whatever. See
1: yourself succeed.
0: And he said, you know, for a lot of them, it's it. They pick it up insanely fast because baseball is all about visualization. It's all about.
2: Perception. Yeah, Yeah. it's all
0: about that. And so, you know, I'd be curious, you know, if that was something that predated Gibby or if that was something that he learned from someone else or that he brought to the game. I don't know, because yeah. I mean, I, I did, I'd i never heard that about... Uh, they
2: certainly weren't hiring team psychologists until... No, certainly like a very recent... Yeah, right. exactly.
0: Yeah, no, I I wonder, you know, I mean, he's got a, a
1: college education, I'm sorry to bring that up, but I imagine that, uh, you know, he probably took some psychology classes when he wasn't out there on the football field kicking Where everybody's took Where did he go to school? Mm. Someplace in, uh,
0: gosh... I think it was in Michigan somewhere. Michigan someplace. Yeah, it's so the somewhere. wrong one, though. The wrong Michigan? Well... <laughs> Yes, actually, yes. The wrong Michigan. What is your
2: Michigan? Which one are you You loyal to? You Mish? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As opposed to Michigan State? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wolverine. Yeah. And, and he was a Spartan oh, I'm sorry to say that I'm sorry. I shouldn't have brought
1: it up that's okay it happened anywho uh, Spartan <laughs> that's it uh, so yeah I had a um a, a great year when I was 9 and the Dodgers won the series in 81 finally defeating the New York Yankees and a great year finally
2: in meaning they never in all the years they no, had Brooklyn well they they weren't Brooklyn, in Brooklyn but they lost to no them but in Brooklyn Dodgers versus the Yankees in the World Series
1: Brooklyn, uh, the, the Brooklyn Dodgers finally beat the Yankees in the World Series in 55 after losing okay. 8 it. of 10 or some yeah. crazy number against them prior to that and then uh, won a few other World Series after Including, they came out yeah, to LA right. I think against uh, Minnesota uh, and I think the White Sox they beat but then the Yankees and the Dodgers met in 77 and 78 and 81 the Yankees had their way with the Dodgers in 77 and with the, had their way with the Dodgers in 78 and finally in 81 uh, the Dodgers were able to prevail in 6 games uh, to win the World Series yeah uh, the first time in my and life and you were eight i was uh i would have been nine, nine. at the time wait eight, and you nine. remember no i was eight I it's was pretty eight.
2: vivid to you still
1: uh yeah i mean uh yeah i, I remember uh, very much uh ron say getting hit uh, by a goose gossage fastball in game four uh 94 miles an hour in the side of the head caught a bit of the helmet thankfully and that's in probably the head. yeah in the head a pretty scary pitch and i think the eighth inning uh, and say went down and uh, got up and then you know walked off on his own power which was great sat out god did he, i don't think he's did he, i think he sat out one game and then came back for game 6 uh and had a, a des- I think had a, a hit or two hits in game 6 which is was a big deal but he was batting with uh, a helmet with a flap on the ear yeah. whereas before that uh hbp he had uh, the no flap yeah uh, anyway it was great so he <clears throat> the uh, there was a, a triple mvp that year it was guerrero say and
2: what they all won the mvp yeah they
1: split it three ways guerrero that, say and
2: that's got to be only time ever Anything jaeger like but, that has happened
1: right? I, I think that, that where the mvp has been split yeah well you know which probably in some way instilled the idea of teamwork deeply into me at eight uh, i just realized that now speaking of uh, team psychology Okay, I'm going to think about that. I'm done thinking about it. No,
0: it's not really this Clubhouse podcast, making <laughs> breakthroughs. And then in 88,
1: uh, I was 15, which was a great year to watch your team win the World Series. And that was a team that was not supposed to win the World Series. There's legend of Bob Costas calling the Dodger lineup uh, before game one in 88 the weakest lineup that the World Series has ever seen. And legend of Tom Lasorda charging through the clubhouse before the game saying, kill Costas, kill Costas, <laughs> uh, to fire the guys up. And so they Costas really, they won that iron. series on, on, on the, the the back of uh, Gibson's incredible home run in game on, one.
0: a gammy leg. No, you know, two bad legs. Yeah, too bad legs. He can't
1: push off and he can't land. <laughs> You'll, this is all Vinny from that game. Yes. I, oh, oh yeah. And, uh. And then, you know, and pitching in defense. And incredibly clutch hitting from Mickey Hatcher, uh, who homered three times in the series, uh, having homered three times all year. Yeah. That, yeah.
2: That's the sort of thing that the Cardinals seem to have mm-hmm. a knack for. <laughs> we, we, we've we all seems... been commiserating. The Cardinals, I, I feel like the Cardinals have, have, have
0: had their way with all 29 franchises. Like, there's just, it's, everyone has that, yeah, oh, those Cardinals, they, they. Oh. What oh. it's like to be a Cardinals fan? It probably feels fantastic. It's probably really nice. That's why they're the, the old trademark best fans in baseball. Because they're having a great time. Yeah, because why not? They can do no wrong. No. How about we just have the best farm system in the world? Okay, sure. How about we have the best
2: major league system in the world? Sure, that's just, how about our ace, our arguable one of our MVPs of the season? Both go down, and we still just keep winning. Yeah, just, why not? We'll just slot in keep, another guy that throws cares. ninety-eight with. Yeah, movement. you never heard of this
0: dude, and you'll never hear him again next year. It's just we'll just boom, bring him out of the farm, let him pitch, you know, a couple of perfect games, and you know we don't want him to
2: overdo it. We'll send him it's back. But, I
1: suppose at this point, it would be a good idea to tell any Cardinal fans that are listening that we appreciate and uh, respect your ball club 100%. a great deal.
2: I, did, I think I, I can't remember if I told the story. Um, when i was touring with the little shop we were in san francisco and we were collecting for broadway cares and i came out of the theater with a bucket and um uh what's his i'm thinking lasorda, lasorda is the one from the that's Tommy LaSorda, here yeah, sure yeah the, the you know the manager of, of the cardinals for so many years uh, la russa, la russa. Yeah, oh yeah. my goodness yeah, Tony oh, yeah. La russa. uh walks up to you know walks he's seen the show that night and he's oh, walking out it's like I just have to say hello. I'm a big baseball fan. Tony La Russa said that. To you. No, I he, said that to you, him. He, you want it to him. And and he said, Oh, where, you live in New York, right? And I said, Yeah. He said, What, you, Yankees? I said, uh, <laughs> and he said, No. And he was in Mets. I said, No, Cubs. And he, went, and he literally kind of jumped back. He was, Oh, like <laughs> I was going to be mad at him. That's I was like, Awesome. I was like, No, really. I, total respect. Like, really. Yeah. Well, so and, I'll, I'll tell this a very truncated version
0: of this story. But basically, when I was on my tour, I was. You know, I was still stinging from the 2006 uh, series, so when I got to Bush, gotcha. I was I was ready. I was ready to to disprove the you're the best fans of baseball. When I was on my tour, I was interviewing fans in all 30 parks to kind of give me a sense of what the community meant. And I'm sitting there, and I'm ready. I'm gonna I'm gonna find the one guy that's that's you know a jerk. And I consider myself a pretty big baseball nerd. And there's this old you know uh, older woman sit, uh, sitting next to me, and she is straight schooling me. Like it is a, she knows more about baseball than I could ever imagine. Wow. So I asked her, you know, how do you learn blah, blah, blah. What brought you to the game? And she says, well, my husband and I used to date and at the old Bush stadium, we'd go to games and he would hate when the other wives and girlfriends would be knitting or reading or what have you. So he would teach me how to follow the ball at the bat. He would teach me how to keep score. He taught me the game. Beautiful. So she, you know, I said, oh, that's wonderful. You know, uh, do you and your husband still go to games? She said, well, sadly, my husband passed away in 2005. Uh I said, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. And I looked to her left and I said, oh, well, there's a family here. So I was like, well, who is this family that you're here with? And she said, well, I'm a lawyer and uh, I have season tickets to the Cardinals now. And I was at my firm and I overheard this family talking about the fact that they had never been to a baseball <laughs> game before. Awesome. And so now what I do is I bring people who have never been to a baseball game before and I teach them how to follow the ball off the bat. I teach them how to keep score. I teach them how to love the game.
2: I have boost pumps." I should for the goosebumps. Thank yeah, you. and it's that's just absolutely amazing.
0: And St. Louis Cardinals fans have some of the best fans in baseball. It's just beautiful.
1: That's, I mean, that's a spectacular, spectacular thing for, for that for that woman to be doing. I mean, she, it's, was it's really... she was incredible.
0: She was absolutely, she had a little transistor radio that she was putting on the kids' heads and she was teaching them all this stuff. And they were having the, the, the parents, I don't know how the heck these parents had never been to a baseball game, but they just hadn't. And you could see the joy in all these four people's know, faces.
1: It sounds a little bit like indoctrination, if you ask me. That's what they do. They give you the first <laughs> yes. one free.
0: The, yes. They draw you in
1: with the yeah. sweet yeah. sugar water. And the yes. next thing you know, you're drinking that. What's well, so the Cardinals? Louis lemonade. Yeah. Well,
0: so the Cardinals right now are kind of your kryptonite, uh, the Dodgers kryptonite. They've. they've uh, <laughs> We're just going to take a brief break so that I can tell you how to get in touch with Anthony or me. You can follow us on Twitter at Clubhouse Visit our website, clubhousepodcast.com, for extensive links and information about some of the baseball moments we discussed on the show. There are also photos from our cross-country road trip for you to peruse at your leisure. We love hearing from our listeners and getting you involved with the discussion. So please email us at clubhousepodcast at gmail.com. Tell us about your favorite baseball stories, your favorite baseball films, why your team or ballpark is so special. Or honestly, just if you wanna say hello. I am incredibly excited to announce the release of my 2016 baseball stadium's wall calendar brought to you by TF Publishing. The calendar is currently available for purchase at your local Meyer, Big Lots, Stop and Shop, and more. You can also order them online at Amazon.com, Calendars.com, Stables.com, and others. I will include all of the information on my website, roundingthird.net. I think you are really going to love this calendar. I appreciate you checking it out. If you are a new listener to the Clubhouse podcast, welcome. For more great baseball conversations, take a look at our archives, like our chat with former Detroit Tigers pitcher Pat Ahern. He tells us all about the life of a baseball player looking for a college to call home.
1: Andy Lopez and his assistant coach, Bill Springman, came to my house, sat with my mom and I, and they said, we're gonna go win a national title and we think you can
2: help us out. So (laughs) they also slid a piece of paper over with a nice scholarship offer too that- (laughs) uh, think parents are probably happy with that one. I I always joke around with my mom because she did not
0: have a poker
1: face for (laughs) that one.
0: Now, Back to our conversation with actor Mackenzie Astin. We can talk a little bit about that. You know, last year, uh, in 2014 season, you know, that Dodger team, that staff was fantastic.
1: Pretty strong staff.
0: I mean, you had, I mean, Puig was still playing pretty out of his mind. You know, he struggled a little bit in the playoffs there, but yeah, but...
1: Uh, I mean, out of his mind is the perfect way to describe the way he plays, even when he's scuffling.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, as, you know... We have both seen our teams, uh, the Tigers and the Dodgers, respectively, have these expectations for sure, the last huge, several years. Huge, huge, yeah, huge, monumental expectations. Right, which and Anthony is about to join. Like the the, the, uh, the Cubs are nice. No, about to, not now. The yeah. expectations. First of all, there are expectations there that I feel are a little bit too high for for the Cubs.
2: Yes, expectations. I, it doesn't occur to me like expectation, honestly. The at least where I'm. Um, Participating in any sort of fan discourse, like on the websites or in the media that I read, because I do, I'm curious what the because I follow it so closely, so I'm so aware of the ups and downs, the ins and outs, that it's like excitement about the these prospects and how well they're doing already, so young, but not an expectation that they're going to go all the way yet necessarily. But so it's different. But so it is different. It's not like yeah, it doesn't feel like. It's now or never. Right, right.
0: It's not a now or never, but it is definitely a, I mean, you hear the, the, the cliches of your window. Your window is open. Your window is closed. So your window is just cracked right now. Your yeah, window sure. yeah. is about to open wide. And I think
2: we've certainly exceeded Anybody's expectations for this season putting it together as quickly as we put it together, the kind of record that we have at this point. I mean yeah, sure. 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 So forward for the teams, kind of tough the tough game like we've been playing tough all season. Sure. But for you teams
0: know. like the Dodge and the Tigers with payrolls through the moon, yes. with superstar players, with Justin Verlander, Clayton Kershaw, Miguel Cabrera, Aegon, whoever it may be. Right there is an expectation. And how is that for you as far as as a fan? Cuz I'm always curious how different fans react to their teams. I don't want to say failure is the wrong word, but just inability to get over that hump. It's it's interesting. You know, I think
1: I think a lot of the expect a lot of the expectation type uh, media and and articles and stuff comes out in spring. And uh, in the springtime, there is all kinds of hope. That's just naturally happening on the planet, you know what I mean? Like stuff is growing up and offering up the possibility to be the best, you know, to to, – I'm talking like literally like grass and flowers and stuff like that. And so the same sort of thing I think exists within people's idea about their baseball club. And so there's these huge, huge expectations that are written out for the Dodgers. And based on the fact that they have more money right now than – uh, you know, Countries. they have a lot of money. Countries. Yeah, more yeah. money,
0: certainly what more. Was it a $2 billion television deal, yet still some disgusting high, uh, disgustingly high percentage of, of Los Angeles homes can't actually watch them on television?
1: I'm embarrassed to say that, that uh, it is an $8 billion television deal. No. And uh, it is still about uh, 30, I think 5% uh, can catch the Dodgers.
0: So 65% cannot
1: watch the Dodgers. Watch the Dodgers on, on television. television yeah.
0: And they made eight B. Billion with a B dollars. Yeah, billion
1: billion dollars in that deal. Uh, you know, the thing is, uh, I think a lot of people have a lot uh, some some very serious expectations uh, to to want to watch the Dodgers on baseball. What do you <laughs> you do? know, I mean, to want to watch the Dodgers on television, and they, they shouldn't. You know, those expectations can be difficult to have. I'm trying to make a joke here because it is completely absurd. Uh, that big business is preventing people from listening to Vin in what is a rapidly closing window for that guy's career. Oh, I know. Let's be don't, you know. I know. It's, it's so, it's hard. So who sad. knows? He could be 99 years old and calling the Audrey Games, and it will still be just as beautiful and incredible. But yeah. for people who have been listening to him for 60 years, yeah, uh, yeah 60 years. It's it's got to be pretty upsetting to think that because somebody wants to make more money they can't listen to the guy they've been listening to forever and 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 the kind of more money we're talking about is like a you know it's like a giant corporation making between you know it's the difference between 15 billion this year or 18 billion this yeah. year it's like oh
2: what a you know uh, it's it's unfortunate is there any this, I I don't even know the I really don't know the answer to this question cuz Fox has the rights to the World Series right Sure. If the Dodgers go to the World Series, there's just simply no way that Vin is anywhere near any microphone during any of those games? Wow, that's a good I, question. It's it's radio? probably
1: safe to
0: say that uh, whatever the Dodgers radio network is would uh, ask him to cover it. Um and but it, it's also up to Vin though because I know Vin some you know because he only does the home games he doesn't do the road games yeah, and it's because we all would love if Vin called every second of every game I want Vin calling my life no kidding but right? but you and know Manish
1: is heading <laughs> down to the grocery store to get some apple pie
0: that's yes that would be heaven I would pay I would pay eight billion dollars sure. for that to happen sure. but yeah no that's I would love if Vin would would call. I don't care if the Dodgers are in it. I want to hear Vin calling these monuments. When the Royals were in the World Series last year, I would have loved to hear Vin's take. I would have loved to hear Vin to be able to break down that franchise's decades Mm -hmm. of of just woefulness and be able to put a great positive spin on it the way he does does and explain to you why those were all important years that they needed to get to where they are now this is,
1: this is the thing Vin I mean the amount of research he does is absolutely <laughs> yes. unbelievable he's such a professional the Rangers the Texas Rangers were just in town and uh, I have a friend who's a fan of the Rangers and I was texting information to him during the game that I had learned from Vin that he didn't even know about the Rangers about the Rangers uh-huh. uh, which is <laughs> you know is, so uh, yeah, if, if you live out of town and the Dodgers are playing your ball club and you have the opportunity to listen to the the. Broadway broadcast uh of vin uh you know it's it's just it's amazing how much research he does well we just I did. Should say if your team is in town playing the dodgers because he only broadcasts right. from chavez no right. don't right. don't even right.
0: qu- listen to the dodgers i don't care if your team is there or not listen to it just go so we did an episode a couple weeks ago um where we ranked the uh uh the best baseball announcer. We read a listing of all the base best baseball announcers, and sure. Ben is just far and away the best. And when Anthony and I are on the road, when we're drive when we're driving from stadium to stadium, oftentimes we will listen to whatever baseball game is is on. Sure. And sometimes we'll talk to each other. And if it's the Cubs are playing, or the Tigers are playing, we will listen to that. If they're and we'll,
2: not, and we'll, we'll be quiet during those broadcasts. Yes, and quieter, listening. quieter. Yes. Yeah.
0: And if they're not playing, then maybe it'll be like the Cardinals or the Royals or some a divisional type. But honestly, ultimately, if the Dodgers are playing, I'm per- we just choose that it. it doesn't matter who they're playing. Yeah, it does not matter. I just want to hear Vin's voice yeah
1: i feel i i agreed I, and i honestly feel like he has affected my uh, conversational style sure uh, and when i'm you know <laughs> recounting to my wife to my wife what my day was like you know it, so there's some definitely some vin coming through it, it's i mean he's just he's a poet he's an he's an artist he's a poet he's he's an amazing amazing individual. know
2: i can share that on the on the set because, you know, when you're on a movie set, there's a little bit of downtime. This was a pretty fast-moving set, all things being yeah. equal. But, you know, with our various devices, like a laptop or an iPad or a phone, we could be checking our various games during during the day. So I know that Mac is a true diehard follower of, like, when he has the opportunity, at-bats, pitches, sure. you know, inning-to-inning. The kind of thing that I do, yeah. as much as I can. It's actually, you know. it was
1: pretty cool to see that y- you do the same.
0: thing. Well, you know, it's actually it's one of the things that inspired me to this podcast in 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 knowing you and knowing that I would be texting you during if then if then would be you'd be on he'd be on Broadway <laughs> and doing a show and there'd be a game happening and you know if you were off stage for a minute or you had some time you know, at intermission or whatever yeah you have time you in to, oh yeah absolutely to awesome. be able to do that and I was like that's. The fact that, that you guys have these jobs that require you to most of your nights are filled. or more, You know, you don't get to watch, you know, a lot of baseball games, but you still go out of your way to make sure that it's a
2: part of your life. And yes. that's,
0: that's very inspiring to me.
2: And, you know, it's much like an if-then where I had my, my great friend Monica, who's a stage manager, who's a big Cardinals fan. Yes, we are great friends. We break <laughs> bread together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We went to the opening day at Wrigley Field, the Cubs, Cubs hosting the Cardinals. Beautiful. Cardinals won that game. Yeah. The second game was rained out. Third game, we went to the Cubs. Won that game. We that's, both were happy for each other. That's like, great. That's fair. It was mm-hmm. awesome. The whole thing was great. But same kind of thing. Like we're in our workplace. She's backstage checking in with her team. Right. Or if, or if her team is not playing, and my team is playing. She's checking in on my team, and vice versa. We're that is in. good friend. Yeah. Yeah. So we were doing that on the set. You know, it's and it's uh, it's meaningful. But my, uh, that led me to the question, though. I mean, do you as as close to 162. A season yeah pretty you, much. you're in you're yeah. in a, you know, I mean, a, a good it, a good chunk of them
1: again i'm fortunate that my wife is uh you know very patient and also uh has allows herself to enjoy my enjoyment for it. in fact she's sort of become a, a, a dodger fan which is, love which is lovely i love uh, but it yeah i mean uh, during the summer my 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 day is sort of waiting until the Dodger game starts Yeah, and then <laughs> I'm watching the game. And then when it's over, I'm thinking about the game and then I'm waiting for the next game to start. Yeah. I think
0: yes. we all, I think we all have a very serious problem because I'm, I schedule my life around when the Tigers are playing. It's, it's my family knows when to not call me. Like they'll, my, I have had my mother apologize to me. By texting me, oh, sorry, forgot the Tigers are on. Yeah, you know you can call
2: me in three hours. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's a it's a thing. It's a sickness. <laughs> but you don't go to that many games, really. Well, um, not as many. I mean, my.
1: Many years ago, I went to a bunch. Uh, many years ago, I was in uh, a better position to go to a bunch. Uh, these days, it is less uh, within the budget to go mm-hmm. to a bunch. That is very uh, sad
0: that, that that someone like yourself, that it's become cost prohibitive. I, mean, I say this about oh, me, no, myself. No, it's not
1: them. It's me. It's me.
0: No, no, no. <laughs> I say this about myself. that I live, mm-hmm. I should not live in a city that has two Major League Baseball teams and not have season tickets to at least one of them. When I, I had season tickets to the Baltimore Orioles when I was an 18-year-old broke college student. I worked an extra job just so I could have season tickets to the Orioles, who I didn't care about at all. And I was living in D.C. I would get on a train wow. 45 minutes for you. to go to Orioles game just because I needed baseball in my life. Did you catch Cal's... Uh that was a little bit at so Cal, because I'm, I'm a little bit younger. And so wow. I, I was watching Cal on television in middle school, maybe. I'm a little
1: embarrassed for myself. Uh, right? It's
0: okay. It's okay. Um, but uh, I did I was actually at Cal's when they retired his jersey for uh, the Orioles. Right. I was at that game. And, and he um, circled the stadium and I got to give him a little handshake, which was uh, so pretty. So cool. And, and it's a story from, I'll tell you off the air. Fair enough. I snuck onto Camden yards when I was 18 years old at 1130 at night and played phantom. I made me and my buddy played phantom catch in the bullpens and called the bullpen phone and, Never touch the grass though. We walked around the uh, only big leaguers get to touch the grass. We walked around the warning track because we are not big leaguers and we don't get to touch that.
1: You know, Manisha, it's funny uh, that you bring it up uh, <clears throat> in this conversation because I actually work for the Baltimore Police <laughs> Department.
0: Statute <laughs> 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 uh, of limitations, baby. It's they over. They have had me <laughs> we track got, you down. We got chased by a dude in a, in a golf cart, which was. Uh, oh, you really?
2: kids get out of oh, here! Oh yeah, That's we so got.
0: It, we were kids, and you know, it was it was 11:30 at night. And the door was open. You can't let the door open. Like, sure, it was. I, that'd stand up in court. Yeah, we <laughs> gave it a shot. Could you, could you stand up and put your hands behind your back? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I don't recommend anybody do that. This is a long time ago. I was a dumb, stupid kid, but uh, we were very respectful. We we did not touch anything. That's
1: uh, that's truly thoughtful so to not go on the actual playing field yeah. because only the pros do. That's that's. That's, that's li-
0: we, we said that to it, we, and it was one of those things that we didn't even have to. Right, it agree. wasn't a question. Both of us were like, no, 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 why sure. not even a question.
1: It's like the, that moment in uh, Field of Dreams when Bert Lancaster has yes. to, uh, or uh, I should say Frank Whaley has to decide whether he's gonna, you know, become the turn back or into Bert
0: Lan- uh, Lancaster or not. And with that story of my youthful transgressions, I want to thank all of you for listening to part one of our chat with Mackenzie Aston. Part two will be released next week and the stories just get better. The home base for the clubhouse podcast is the Burgino baseball clubhouse located on 67 East 11th street in New York city. Seriously, folks, this is without a doubt my favorite baseball spot in the country. From the baseball-inspired artwork on the walls, the one-of-a-kind memorabilia for sale, and just the amazing baseball fans that are always hanging out on the bleachers in the store, this place is the best. If you can't make it to Bergino's in person, please visit bergino.com and pick up a gift for your father, your mother, your brother, and really anybody in your life. If you can make it in, mention the podcast to get a free bag tag with any purchase. The Clubhouse is produced by Zach McNeese. The website and logo were designed by Ronan Jorah. You can follow Anthony and I individually at Rounding Third MJ for me and at Albino Kid for Anthony. Thank you so much for listening. Have an awesome week.